Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Today, it's me, your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning, happy Leap Day. Today is Leap Day. I just thought about it. You know, I'm so used to, so used to uh, every day. Uh, the last month of February, last day of February, just being the 28th. I forget that's the Leap Day, so I had to remind myself. I'll talk a little bit about that later on. But good morning, welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Lorenzo Neal, Helen from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're here promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. We want to empower you, the listener, to being, knowing, and doing, and impacting the world around you. And of course, always, you're welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. Now, you can do that in several ways. You can clean the line. Um, 347-237-5230, that's the line, that's the number to call to get on the air to get your opinions heard. Uh, we got the chat room on Blog Talk Radio up. And you know what, for, for once, it's actually working with me. So the chat room is up. You can join the chat room and get some of your comments in there if you like. Also, shoot us an uh, email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Follow us at Twitter, on Twitter at Prophesy. Uh, we're also on Facebook at the Zero Network on Facebook. So, hey, we're all around. There's plenty of ways to get in touch with us, and we're always on. So, and uh, always, you know, anytime you miss a show, you can always catch up uh, an archived show by just going on to the site, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash zero today, and you can catch up any show all the way back for the past two years. So, appreciate your support. Appreciate you all guys who are joining in with us. Everybody, we, we are. We just glad to be here, man. Just glad. Zero is all about sowing seeds of life and liberation through Christ. And, and you know, we do whatever we can. Sometimes we just ramble. Sometimes we touch on topics that people just don't want to talk about. Sometimes we use this time to teach. Sometimes we just use this time to listen. Hey, it's however God moves and we go with him. I, I never complain. But, hey, you're, you're invited to. I sound nervous. I'm rambling for some reason. I got to knock some sense into myself right this morning. <laughs> well, anyway, we're glad that you're joining with us today. We have a wonderful show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking uh, with a wonderful young lady, wonderful, beautiful, a beautiful woman of God who is uh, following the calling of God on her life and She's going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, apostles and prophets, something uh, I think that's um, not fully understood and over, overly manipulated in the contemporary church. And for those of us who uh, come out of mainline denominations or and I know are unfamiliar uh, with this uh, phenomenon that's going, you know, recent phenomenon that's happening in the contemporary churches. Should be an interesting uh, discussion and dialogue with Apostle Adrian Williams, and I got her information. I'll share a little bit about more, more about her later on as we go ahead. But uh, as I said before, it's leap day. Yeah, yeah, it's leap day. Happy leap day! And um, I, I, I kind of wanted to research some some stuff, and I thought I'd share a little bit. You know, uh, the leap day 
traditions or superstitions or whatever they may be. So bear with me just for a little bit. I just don't want to. I don't want to bore you too bad. <laughs> but uh, I, I just found some stuff interesting. You know how um, leap day traditionally it's flip day where the women propose to the men. Hmm. That that was really funny. Interesting. I kind of like that. Um, and of course, some people think it's a bad luck day. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? You can, guys can, if you want to, you can jump in and, you know, if it makes any sense to you at all. I don't know. I just shared that. Uh, I'm sure some of you probably caught the Oscars this weekend. And um, we had, uh, it was a very good, very good Oscar uh, show. Um, we had one black actress that, that won the uh, Academy for Best Supporting Actress, and that's I want to commend her. Um, um, what is her name? Boy, boy, boy. Octavia Spencer. Yeah, that's it. She won uh, for her performance in The Help, and you know I watched that. And here in Mississippi, you know everybody was just raving over The Help because it it showed Mississippi in a positive way. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it 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 was so heartfelt for Americans, you know. It it made them feel good about themselves seeing uh black women portrayed in such a positive positive manner. And I was like, what movie were they watching? I did. I mean, when I saw it, I you know, as I did, I did appreciate the performance, but again, you know, uh I don't think it was portraying us in a positive positive way it portrayed us as uh historically accurate probably in the sense that it was showing black women how they were you know raising white women's children my great-grandmother did it my um i have some aunts who work i mean they did that kind of work in louisiana and several of my members of my church did that kind of work here in mississippi um but you know it's <laughs> i won't say it's stereotypical but I, I, you know, I think it's just a little bit of conviction on the side of some white folk. You know, that's why they, they loved it so much. But what do I know? But again, I want to just commend commend uh, Octavia Spencer for a wonderful performance. I think not only her, but um, uh, everyone who was in it in it um in that in that movie. And I think the the other person uh. You y'all, you gotta excuse me. I should have done my research before I, I got to ranting about this. Uh, but um, she was uh, nominated for best leading uh, actress, and um, y'all can help me out because I should be able to know that, huh? <laughs> but anyway, uh, I I I think it was good, and and I I think I want to congratulate and commend them for for uh, those performances and for certainly for winning the Oscar. Um so I did my re- I did do my research about um the roles and and the Oscars that uh black Americans have won since the fifties and forties and of course, you know, uh, the first one was one for Gone with the Wind. Um and and again as a servant, housemate, house help and uh and I and I think about the you know, and when you when you go back and you look at the the uh the men who've won academy awards the black males who've won academy awards and the roles that they play and the black women who have won academy awards and the roles that they play there is a sharp uh divide there uh the men have actually won for some more regal roles um you have Sidney Poitier uh who won for um <clears throat> What was he? He was the first one to win, and he won for Lilies of the Field. I want to say that was in 63, 64. He won for that. And, of course, he won again. And James, uh, he won again. Um, and I think about James Earl Jones, who won, won for the Great, Great White Hope. I think about Morgan Freeman. Uh, he won, again, as a support, uh, as a support role in Driving Miss Daisy. He won, and of course, he also won for a million dollar baby. But of course, in Driving Miss Daisy, he was the help. <laughs> I guess y'all see where I'm going here. And then on the on the on the women's side, on the women's side, you had um, you had, as I said, you had best supporting uh, 
uh, what's her name? Um, actually, no, Dor- Dorothy Than- Dandridge. She won one for Carmen Jones, and and that was uh, I love that movie. It's still one of my favorites. Uh, Hattie McDaniel, that's her name. Hattie McDaniel for Gone with the Wind, playing Mammy, and and then think about Halle Berry, Halle Berry's role in um, Monsters Ball. That got her an Academy Award. I thought that was rather degrading compared to all her other roles that that were nominated, but you know she didn't get awarded for. It. And then think about uh, think about Monique with Precious. You know she's an abusive parent, but she gets the award for that. Think about um, uh, who else? I mean, so many others. Uh, you, you know that we've gotten. Nominate. We've got plenty of nominates, nominations. Uh, well, I, I guess Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls, when she won for Best Supporting Actress, uh, it was not, you know, it wasn't a um, domesticated role, so it, it was well represented, of, uh, you know, the, the black thing. So that, that was a pretty good thing, I think. Uh, but when you go back and you research and you see the male roles that, that got uh, men the Oscars and worlds that got women the Oscars for the females, it was less sophisticated roles, itself, with the exception of Dorothy Dandridge. And um, now the performances, but with the exception of Dorothy Dandridge, I, I, I think most of the portrayals of black men, black women that won them uh, Academy Awards were less than, you know, less than good. I hope nobody taking offense to that. I'm just pointing that out, you know, if. If you had offense to that, I do apologize in advance. But I'm just pointing that out. And, and, you know, you can go. Matter of fact, um, theroot.com. If you go to theroot.com, they they have a, a list of Oscars, and you'd be surprised some of the people who made who won what Prince won an Oscar for best uh, soundtrack when he did Purple Rain. Yeah, that, that caught me off guard. I you know, <laughs> I love that movie still, and the soundtrack is awesome. Still one of my favorite soundtracks, and I promise I'm not going to sing it for you, but he won an Oscar. And let's not forget, let's not forget the <laughs> three, <laughs> y'all got to excuse me, the Six Mafia, <laughs> when they won the Oscar. <laughs> I I still laugh at that because I know those guys, you know, I know I knew of them when they went to Memphis and, you know, in college we played their records and some of my friends went to school with them and, uh, you know, so. I knew those guys from the underground days, and to see them, see them win an Oscar, it was just hilarious. And they, I, you know, they had that little, that little show they did. Um, I can't even remember the name of the show, but it, oh boy, you know, three, three Six Mafia, the group winning an Oscar, and um, uh, it, it's just amazing. And and even you know, some people don't think about uh, the other things. Uh, uh, there was. There was a black uh, director who won uh, the Oscar for uh, for the documentary Undefeated. I think that's produced by uh, I don't know what to call him P Diddy, Sean Combs, but y'all know who he is. Whatever he goes by, uh, he produced that documentary, and the director was black, and they won an uh, Academy Award for that. Um, and and you know you can go back, just go back in. Uh, like I said, Root has a wonderful. They they put out one I think either yesterday or today, so you can go back and you can see all who were uh, nom- who were nominated as well as um, those who won. So it's a great great thing. Uh, I think I've rambled on enough and uh, I'm ready to get into the show. We're gonna uh, take a break and when we come back from the from the show, we have on um, with us Adrian, Apostle Adrian War- Williams and she's the founder of the School of the Prophets and. Um, several other ministries and uh we're going to be talking with her and get some information about uh uh modern day prophets and apostles and, and that uh so that we can all be on one accord with what God has for us and and I know I know this is going to be interesting cuz I already got uh plenty of people in uh, switchboard and and I'm glad about that so we're going to take a quick break and on the other side of this break we will uh, be speaking with Apostle Williams. Be right back.
shocked how much data you use in a month. Email, status updates, finding your way, uploading photos, downloading an app, an app, and another app. Kilobytes, megabytes, gigabytes, all stacking up until you reach your limit. And what happens if you go over? With Sprint, you don't have to worry. Only Sprint offers truly unlimited data. You know that comes with a private island. Really? No, it comes with a hat. You see, airline credit cards promise flights for 25,000 miles, but... There's never any seat for 25,000 miles. Frustrating, isn't it? But that won't happen with the Capital One Venture Card. You can book any airline, anytime. Hey, I just said that. After all, isn't traveling hard enough? To get the flight you want, sign up for a Venture Card at CapitalOne.com. What's in your wallet? Uh, it's okay. I've played a pilot before. When mucus piles up in your chest, the congestion can get in the way of your day. Vacuum the dust, mop the floor. With so few hours in a day, it's not easy keeping a place looking this trippy. You have the magic touch. Maximum Strength Mucinex breaks up the mucus that causes chest congestion. And only Mucinex is a bilayered tablet. One side goes to work fast, the other is long-lasting. Uh-oh. <coughs> what about my condolence? Mucinex is fast-acting and provides long-lasting 12-hour relief. 12 hours? Mucinex in, mucus out. This was the golf's best tourism season in years. All because so many people wanted to visit us in Louisiana. They came to see us in Florida. Nice try. They came to hang out with us in Alabama. Once folks heard Mississippi had the welcome sign-off, they couldn't wait to get here. This year was great, but next year is going to be even better. And anyone who knows the golf knows that winter is prime time fun time. Sun's out. The water's beautiful. You can go deep sea fishing for amberjack, grouper, and mackerel. Our golf courses are open. Our bed and breakfast have special rates. And migrating waterfowl from all over make this a bird watcher's paradise. So if you missed it earlier this year, come on down. If you've already been here, come on back to Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama. The golf's America's getaway spot, no matter where you go. So come on down and help make 2012 an even better year for tourism on the Gulf. Brought to you by BP and all of us who call the Gulf home. Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realized that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. All right, welcome back to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good day, whatever time of the day it is for you. Hey, glad that you're on the line with us. Um, again, we are excited to be on this leap day, the last day of February. And, man, this month is going by pretty – this year is going by pretty fast. So whatever you got planned to do, you better hurry up and do it, man, because time is running out slow. And if you let those people who say <laughs> – you let the people who say the world's going in on December 21st <laughs> – 2012, hey, you know, 
<laughs> uh, let me stop. I, I I have fun with that. I just I uh, gotta bless their hearts. You know, some people who really believe that that stuff, and you know, you can't help them. They they're sincere, but sincerity is not enough sometimes. But anyway, I digress. We're glad to have you on. Uh, call the show three four seven two three seven five two three zero. Again, we're having some issues with the chat room. It was up, and now it's down. And y'all, technology, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I just don't know. But, hey, uh, if you can't get in on the chat room, get in on the phone line and call and get your opinions in. Uh, send an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Phone number again, 347-237-5230. Just get it in. You know, we want to hear you, uh, what you have to say. We're wonderful. We're so glad. Let me slow down just a bit. Let me breathe in. Breathe out, slow down, slow my roll just a little bit. <laughs> and we're delighted to have on the air with us, on the show today with us, Apostle Adrian Williams. She's out of Jackson, Mississippi. She's the founder of the School of Prophets, uh, School of Prophets and the United Nations International Ministries. And Apostles, are you on the line? Are you here? Yes, Pastor Neil, I'm here. All right. Yay, something is working. <laughs> uh, we're glad to I, I'm so glad that you agreed to be on the show with me today. Um um as I as, as I stated in my opening uh segment, uh this is is still a, a controversial issue uh with the modern church and I think when I say the modern church I'm talking about the church from the past uh a hundred years or so, beginning in uh post Azusa Street movement. Uh, prior to that, you know, it was strictly denominational, um, fundamentalist, you know, with some liberal Christianity in there. But it was largely, largely conservative, mainline denominational Western evangelical Christianity. And post uh, Azusa Street, uh, you have all the, you know, you have the, the Pentecostal movement that has grown into a, a very influential uh, segment of Christianity. Oh, Western Christianity, particularly American Christianity. And with that growth, you have the influx of new titles and new spiritual giftings. And for those of us who are, you know, we are trained, <laughs> you know, in, in, in the churches that don't really do much. <laughs> Thing. And I, I just want to I want to have this on my show, uh, not just for those who are already familiar with it and uh, you know may function in that capacity, but for those of us like myself who are still kind of you know we don't quite understand that we know you you know you know that there are authentic prophets and apostles, just don't know how to identify them. You know that. Uh, you know that there are a lot of people who just call themselves that, and right. you, you know, and you're like, okay, who, what, when, where. So I, I want to have you on to, you know, provide some clarity for that. And so I want to shut up, and I want you to tell my audience a little bit of yourself, your ministry, and um, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> Well, uh, Pastor Neil, I just want to say thank you uh, first and foremost. Uh, I'm, I'm humbled and honored that you would even consider to have me on today to even uh, talk about this. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Uh, and, and I want to say this up front. I'm, I'm not one that proclaims to have all the answers, but I know what I know, and I know what, what God has revealed uh, unto me concerning uh, these matters in his word and that. Uh, is the biggest thing, just being sure that what we're doing is lining up with the the, the Word of God. But as you said previously, I am uh, based here in Jackson, Mississippi. I have a small itinerant ministry called United Nations International Ministries, and I also oversee uh, the School of the Prophets, which uh, is just that. It is a, uh, a, a entity that helps to actually cultivate the gifts in those who believe that they have been called to function in prophetic ministry. Now, I have to say this. Uh, a lot of times people misunderstand when you say school of the prophets because they believe that that means that uh, we can bring anybody in and make them a prophet, and that is, is, is not true. 
this is a call that has to be given by God, and and He, if you're, you're either you're a prophet or you're not, it, it, it is ordained from the foundation before you were even formed in your mother's womb. So what we do is we take those persons who uh, believe they may have a call or they're trying to find out where they fit, uh, trying to find out or validate, uh, confirm their call, and we bring them in and biblically we um, show them the functions of a prophet. So we don't make anybody a prophet. We just cultivate what's there. Or even for people who, you know, already know that they're not called to prophetic ministry, but they just want to gain additional understanding and they want to understand how all of this ties in together. And so we take them in as well um, and we inform them concerning uh, apostolic and prophetic ministry. So that's what uh, ultimately the the School of the Prophets is about. We do uh, teleconference sessions. We've been doing those for about four years now. And then there are uh, sometimes when we go and do in-person training sessions as well. Uh, because that is what the the Lord actually instructed me to do quite some time ago, was to make the information available to those who um, did not have it. Because that's one of the problems that that has happened. This is where the problem has come in. Um, A lot of people like to debate and argue uh, about the apostles and the prophets as opposed to gaining understanding, and that's where the problem. Uh, The Scripture tells us wisdom is the principal thing, and all I get in, get an understanding, and a lot of people are arguing, but a lot of people are not getting understanding according to the word as where these uh, functions lie in the body of Christ. So that's that's really what we uh, try to do is just gain uh, or provide, rather, additional understanding. Uh, and I think another mistake that we do make concerning apostolic and prophetic ministry is that a lot of people try to make it seem as if, if it's more important than than the other uh, gifts and that one outdoes the other when we're missing the fact that they all have to work together. They all must work together in full. They have to. I'm glad you brought that up, because that's uh, actually uh, a primary uh, concern that I had uh, mm-hmm. when I was when I was putting the, you know, researching and uh, <laughs> it's amazing um, how many people uh, have uh, put this title and and again I I, I say put you know because I I don't understand right. how right. Uh, how it is but you know they they I, I've seen personally where they come in with they say that the apostle is an authority figure and they want to run the church and and even if there's a pastor there already yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 it's, it's and funny that's to not me. yeah and that's that's not what they were intended to do the apostle is one who was sent forth uh he's dispatched he's released with a certain spiritual authority to accomplish tasks you know concerning the church uh, he is one that is sent to expand the ministry of Jesus. Uh, when Jesus, you know, sent forth the apostles, he was sending them to continue work that had been started in the earth. Uh, but the thing about it is that, you know, we have to understand that they work alongside, they work with the pastors to be able to help them to equip uh, the saints for the work of the ministry. That And that's the thing that we're missing because um, they all work together, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, for the perfecting of the saints, uh, for the work of the ministry. So if all of those gifts aren't functioning together, uh, then the saints aren't being fully perfected. They may be, and when we talk about perfected, you have to dig into the core of that, that word and you'll find out that it means mature, the maturing of yes. the saints. Yes. And so if if they are not all working together, although it may visibly appear that the saint is maturing some, they're not maturing to the fullest of what, what, what God would have them to be. Okay, I have a caller. I have a caller who wants to make a comment. And uh, um, yes, caller, you're on the air. Go ahead and make your comment. Sad man zero seven. Oh, caller. Okay. Guess you didn't want to make a comment. <laughs> uh, uh, now let, let me let me get back on task here. Okay, I'm some I I'm I'm out of a. Um, I guess you could say a traditional, traditional conservative uh, Christian evangelical Christian home, um, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas Christian church. I've been in ministry now over twenty years, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I can't say I'm exposed to authentic prophets and authentic uh, mm-hmm. persons with 
and the apostolic mantle. And I, I use those words very, very carefully. Right. Uh, but I'm able to discern folk, you know. Right, right. Uh, some have had that title and some have not. One of my right. dear brothers, one of my dear brothers uh, is a, uh, he's an apostle in the fact that he, he's a missionary. Uh, he's a, he's a missionary, and he was a church planner. And I, myself, I've served as a church planner in that sense. I guess you could say I was a mission uh, an, an apostle. I you know, but it was again. This was under the umbrella of a denominational uh, evangelical church, the Southern Baptist. So you know, while mm-hmm. we planted churches, we understood that we were uh, walking in this type of authoritative because as we were establishing churches. Uh, right. I never established a church to be a pastor. That was it. You know, these were men and women who already had, oh, well, men <laughs> because we were Baptists, uh, but men who had the the vision to uh, to do ministry, and we wanted to be able to support their vision. And I'd start the church, and you know, it would be their their church. And I, you know, and I just quietly mm-hmm. get out in the way, let them do their thing. And, and that was the sense. That was the way I understood uh, an apostle. The way I understood a prophet is. As you know, matter of fact, I was ordained and on, during my ordination service, the uh, my ordaining pastor called me a prophet. He's you know he said I'm ordaining you as a prophet. I said okay, that's cool, you know. But I never used the title prophet <laughs> because in a sense, uh, in the sense of declaration that he was doing it, you know, it was proclaiming the gospel, preaching, and uh, right, that. right. Now I do, I do walk in the gift of prophecy. That you know I've been doing that since mm-hmm. a kid, you know. That was fun. It's it's always fun. But I've never, you know, overstepped or put it past that. So help my listeners understand uh what should be the roles of apostles today. Uh and and, and biblically defend for those I have some scholars listen, biblically uh the modern day prophet I mean apostle and their role because so many people wear the title and you know it it brings them fame. Well, it brings and, them. And yeah, yeah, and that's one of the problems. That that's one of the problems. There has been such a uh, it, it's been so hard reestablishing the apostolic and prophetic ministry in the churches because you have had so many that did just that. They didn't have understanding. They they claimed a title, uh, didn't actually uh, administrate that function in the earth. And so uh, they did it for the attention, for the fame, but they had no intent of actually putting their hand to the plow uh, to do the work. And then some uh, did not uh, think that they needed discipleship, to be discipled. What what people don't understand about apostles is that when Jesus called the apostles, they were not apostles, they were disciples when he called them, which means that uh, they had a certain amount of training before he sent them out as apostles. They weren't apostles when he when he originally started gathering them. They were disciples. So they had to go through a certain amount of teaching, and that's lacking as well. A lot of people wake up today and say, okay, I'm an apostle today. You haven't had any type of discipleship. Don't see fit to submit themselves to any type of training. And that in itself has caused a lot of ruckus in the church because you have those who go in the churches thinking that they have the authority to go in and set things in order and stuff like that, not understanding that, one, every church is out there is to set in order, and, two, that they have a place, an obligation to work with the pastor in that church uh, to make you know make sure that things are going as they should. Uh, the the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, of course, you know, Ephesians 4.11 talks about them all working together. And so what has happened in the church today, that there's nearly, you know, a universal acceptance of the evangelist, pastor, and teacher as being valid ministries of the church today, but, you know, the ministries of the apostle and the, and the, the prophets are, are often left out and say, said that they are for the uh, first century church only, but... In, in recent years, what is happening is as God is reawakening and, and causing Christians to go and reexamine the scriptures, they're asking the questions, are there apostles today? Are there prophets today? What what do they do? Are, are there modern-day apostles and are there contemporary prophets and uh, contemporary apostles? So you have to go uh, to the scriptures. And even in, um, you know, Ephesians, in the second chapter, uh, around the 19th and 20th verse, it says that, uh, you know the, the the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with with Jesus Christ Himself as the chief cornerstone, which simply means that 
we all have should have great respect for the evangelist pastors and teachers because we can't work without them. But uh, the Bible singles out the prophets and apostles are two of the ministries which are anchored to Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, and they undergird the Lord's church. And so uh, they help to build the foundation, the, the, the doctrine and the teachings of Jesus in the church so that everything else that comes after that can build. And so, um, you know, all, all Christians are entitled to build on apostolic and prophetic foundation. And so they, it, 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 we're included now in the, the modern-day church. And in 1 Corinthians, uh, the, the 12th chapter and the uh, 28th verse, it says, and in the church God has set first the apostles, second the prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, and then it goes on and on. And then it says in Ephesians 4, uh, 7 and 8, it talks about, but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. And so there's a grace he's given us to be able to function as uh, uh, apostles and prophets in the church. But we've got to know who we are and what God has sent us in there to do. Now, just like I said a moment ago, most apostles do not start out as apostles. The initial characteristic of an apostolic call is first and foremost that they be a preacher and a teacher of the Word of God. That that's first and okay. foremost. That, okay, that's I, I got to take, <laughs> yeah. take a hard break. And uh, okay. when we come back on the other side of the break, what I want to do, I want to talk about uh, what should be, what are the distinguishing signs, and mm-hmm. I also want to get on into what you were talking about, uh, what you want to get into. If you can just pick that up right up on the other side of this break, okay? Can we do that? Yes, absolutely. All right, we'll be right back after this. Home. 
Visit IncomeAtHome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. You know why cuties are so easy to peel? So kids can peel them. Kids love cuties because cuties are made for kids. All right, welcome back to Zero of the Day. Again, this is your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And on the line I have with me uh, Apostle Adrian Williams. Uh, she's the uh, founder of the School of the Prophets, and I forgot the other one. <laughs> you got That's all right. Give. That's all right. ADD, ADD. <laughs> ADD. Uh, before the break, uh, we were, uh, I asked you, how can a person uh what what would be the distinguishing signs of of an authentic apostle and uh okay. prophet and and you are going to make a comment so i i want you to finish the comment that you want to make and and then help help uh un, help us understand distinguishing signs discernible signs well i'm gonna uh, and and let me let me just go on to that because like you, I got a little bit of a d d this morning and I kind of lost that train of thought <laughs> but uh okay. Let I don't feel so bad. Now. <laughs> well, it's not just you, but let let me tell you some of the things that are going to be able to allow people to identify the signs of a uh, an authentic apostle, a person that's actually doing the work. Um, apostles are going to be able to, uh, like I said, most don't start out as apostles. Most start out in other areas of ministry first, and then once they are proven in that area, they then move on. God moves them into that level of ministry. Um, so when you see people just kind of jump up today and, and, you know, they haven't had any type of ministerial experiences or, or things of that nature, then more than likely, it, it may not necessarily mean that the call is not there, but it's in very much as infancy stages and they just have to, you know, be proven in that area. There's some growing that needs to happen. So uh, you have to be real leery when you see people just jump up and, and grab a call. Um, apostles are going to be able to train and equip uh, other persons uh, who in turn are going to be able to equip others. It's called discipleship because apostles have the heart to see people grow and function in their callings. So they they have to be people that are able to train and equip faithful uh, men and women of God to do what they're intended to do. Um, also, an apostle is going to be able to activate and stir up and release uh, release giftings in other people's lives. They can impart uh, certain graces and anointings by uh, laying on of hands. And we see that in uh, the scripture as well in Second Timothy, uh, the first chapter, around the 6th okay, and 7th no, verse. Stop right there. Now, see, this is this is the interesting thing because uh, I was just – I've been in services, you know, where I've seen um, – and it has not happened to me, but, you know, uh, the, the preacher's there, the person who's a prophet or whatever is, you mm-hmm. know, they're going about and they're laying hands and they're imparting – uh, and they're saying you have this apostle, you're, you're this, 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 this. Now it's never happened to me for some reason. Every time I'm getting in a line to be prayed for, and everybody else would be prophesying, you know, it go down the line but skip over me every time. I, I've always wondered about that. I'm gonna talk to God about that. That's what kind of? <laughs> I'm I'm serious. And you know, they're always claiming to be imparting, and and I've never understood that. And uh, I, I want to understand it because you know, um, to the. Uh, I want my I want with my church I want them to be able to understand and and be able to go anywhere mm-hmm. and feel comfortable in environment right. where in 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 the service I I don't want them to feel you know we Methodists we 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 tend to kind of be you know <laughs> a little a little stuck up a little bougie yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bougie yeah, yeah. but but <laughs> hey you know it comes with the territory but you know I I want my members to be able to go to any place and feel comfortable and understand the the atmosphere in in the uh in the church you know the spiritual atmosphere uh the moving of the holy spirit i don't want them feeling you know out of place but i've been right. i've been places where you know i've seen these persons so called imparting 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 and, and then after i see them impart i behold their lifestyle and i'm like you can't impart right and uh, i'm just that's just me and it, it kind of turned me that's- off 
that's but that's the key. You just said it because that's one of the things that's going to allow you to know the characteristic of a, a true apostle. Apostle apostles are supposed to be people of character. Uh, if they're not living, you know, if their life is not speaking for, you know, scripturally, if you don't see the God in them, then it, then that's going to be very hard. More than likely, you are dealing with someone who is not. Uh, being commissioned by heaven to do what they do. They just picked up something and began. Uh, uh, you know, Paul aspired to be like the Lord Jesus that he had encountered on the Damascus Road. Uh, he desired that not only for himself but for those who were under his apostolic oversight. And so he had a passion to see Christ formed and re- re- reproduced in those that, you know, were under his oversight, that he was mentoring or fathering or whatever the case may be. So they should be able to to to, to impart a certain grace and anointing uh, in someone's life. Of course, they can't give the fullness because you know that comes from God. But there is a certain portion that an apostolic father or mother can give to that person to activate what's in them to move them in that place. But it, you know, if you don't see the character of a person or uh, them actually living what they're preaching, then it is questionable. You know, it is questionable, and, and we have to be careful there because apostles are supposed to be people of, of character. Um, they also have, uh, apostles also have received the grace to, to suffer for Christ. A lot of people don't understand this part because they see uh, what they see, uh, people glamorizing things and stuff like that, but this is not an easy walk. Paul recognized that suffering and affliction went along with the call. And I'm so, glad that you pointed, I'm sorry uh, to interrupt, I'm, I'm glad you uh, pointed out. And matter of factly, in his second epistle to the Corinthian church, Paul mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul does more addressing the outcast as an apostle. He does more defending about mm-hmm. himself as an apostle than he does uh, addressing the spiritual and you know glamorous side. And, and that's the conflict mm-hmm. too, you know. The, uh, the from my perspective, and from those who are you know others of my like myself, you know, the perspective is. They presented it as such a glamorous thing, and, and right. you know, and when I was when I was in college and I was seeking everything that the Holy Spirit had, I, I just wanted every, you know, the scriptures is clear, you know, covered these things, you know, covered the prophesied, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. covered spiritual gifts. So you know, if he says that, okay, I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, right. But I also, you know, beheld a lot of persons who presented that particular particular apostle, you know, that title as something. Mm-hmm. Higher than a bishop, <laughs> or they added bishop with a pop. You know, I, mm-hmm. I I'm on I'm on black preachers, uh, black preaching network, and I see a lot of these Reverend Doctor Bishop Apostle <laughs> Prophet. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's another whole show. You'll be talking two hours about this. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, yeah. I guess you know, in, in in our faith tradition, we only have pastor. That's it. <laughs> you're you're a itinerant elder, and you know, and you. You come into the ministry with the full intent and desire and pass, uh, purpose to pastor a church. That's it, you know. Right, and if right. God blesses your ministry, then, well, you know, as itinerant, you'll be moved somewhere else where you can do the same thing. And, and that's how God is blessed. That, you know, in that sense, mm-hmm. is wonderful. But what about the over-glamorization of, and just briefly, because I, I have one more thing I want to talk about. But the okay. over-glamor, how, how, um, how do you address as as a teacher, as an apostle yourself, how do you address the over glamorization of those offices? I say uh to everyone to read the scriptures <laughs> because uh it tells you plainly in the scriptures that the you know it and that that's my whole thing. A lot of people will not study the scriptures concerning these particular gifts, and they pretty much look at what other people display to be the right thing. But when you go into the scriptures and you start studying uh, persons like Paul and even Jesus himself, uh, you understand that their ministries were laced with persecution. They were laced with suffering. And so uh, it it is going to come with the ministry, and that's why I tell people all the time, if you're you're coming in this thing with the – with the idea that it is going to be something glamorous, it's going to make you well-known and all this stuff, you're in it for the wrong reason because you are going to encounter the suffering and the affliction. But the good thing about it is that along with the suffering comes the wisdom and the endurance to be able to deal with it along the way. And so those who have truly been called to this place, they've been graced with an endurance to be able to take it and go on through 
But those who haven't, you're going to see them fall off quickly, fall off quickly. But it is by no means uh, a, a glamorous thing. There will be times when, when, when you literally will be, uh, you know, people will try to nail you to that same cross Jesus was on. I mean, just because of who you are and the assignments that God has given you. It's not a thing where you, you know, flying all the time to different places. And, and that's one of the things I tell people all the time because even when I travel and do ministry, people don't always uh, have the ability to send for me, so to speak. Uh, they don't have all the time the ability to pay accommodations and stuff. You know, a lot of times I go on my own dime because God says go. Uh, I don't always stay in a luxurious hotel. Sometimes if there is a single female or a couple there in the city who has a place for me to stay in their on their couch or whatever. I stay in people's houses. And these were things that Jesus did and that Paul did uh, traveling in ministry. So it's not always what people uh, portray it to be. It's, it's just not. When it is okay. a true person, you know, walking in the apostolic and doing what God has called them to do, it's not always that. All right. Let, uh, I want to transit uh, kind of into this other thing. Okay. Uh, okay. I've noticed that um, a great deal of females uh, are coming into the ministry, and, and those coming into uh, uh, non-denominational independent churches uh, coming into ministry are coming into ministry as apostles or prophetesses, uh, prophetess. Um, and and uh, uh, I'm one. I, I never, I've never. Um, Never derailed or degraded women in ministry. I, I think it's a, an authentic calling from God, and I think it's an authentic way of God using, because we men are messed up enough. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, how is um, how, let me frame this correctly? Uh, uh, women in op- apostolic ministry, uh, you know. And with some men, that that's just no grounds for women in ministry. Period. But women in right. the apostolic ministry, women in the apostolic ministry, um, how is that? How does that work? Uh, I guess not work, but uh, how is that validated? Uh, um, I I the thing is that, uh, and I don't know why I knew you were gonna go here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just knew it. But and and I think one of the things is one. Uh, there has been such a, a power struggle in the church between male and female when it was never intended to be that way. From the beginning, uh, in the book of Genesis, you know, God said, let them have dominion. He said, them. And so I, I believe that we were all supposed to work together uh, from the beginning. And, and so you have the male that says, no, the female can't preach, you can't do this. And then you have the female saying, well, yes, I can, and I'm going to prove it to you. And when really we all have to learn how to work together. As far as females in apostolic ministry, you see um, throughout the scriptures where, and I think this is where a lot of people get hung up, because you see different women that did apostolic work in the scriptures. You didn't necessarily see them called apostles, but you saw them doing apostolic work. Now there is Exactly. Yeah. But you didn't see uh, them called uh, apostle per se. There is the one example uh, in, in Romans 16 and 7, and they have argued this as well uh, because of the translations about Junia. Uh, yes, the, one, exactly. You know, the scripture says, outstanding among the apostles. But when you start digging and digging and digging and you look into uh, translations and all that that stuff, there's something that says that this is a female and that somewhere along the way someone tried to, you know, a male tried to add a letter to the name to make it a male version and, and that type thing. So that, I believe, is what a lot of you as a validation as women uh, be, being apostles in in the church is that you see several women throughout the scriptures that did apostolic work, but the only one that you even see uh, being uh, notated as being in the apostles or among the apostles was Junia in, in Romans 16 and 7. And you really, and people are still going to debate that till to the day we leave here. Yeah. Uh, but I, I actually wrote a paper talk. about that. Yeah. I, I, I wrote a, I wrote a paper about that in, in uh, one of my seminary classes, and it was wonderful. <laughs> I enjoyed the debate. Uh, I, you know, again, coming back, coming from a uh, traditional fundamentalist evangelical background where women – well, underappreciated in in church, uh-huh. but uh-huh. overrepresented in ministry. By ministry, I mean actually doing the stuff. You know, <laughs> especially it's notorious in the black church. You know, the women do everything in the church, uh, but 
uh, up until recently, uh, largely among uh, the Baptist movement, you know, they were they were beginning to be recognized. Now, I, I say, you know, we've been doing it in African Methodism since 1800. You know, I founder Richard Allen, you know, he he licensed the first woman preacher back in 1813 somewhere in there. So, you know, it, so, you know, I, like I say, I've, I've never displayed, downplayed that, but I was always curious because most of the women I meet who are in ministry um, and they're outside denominational churches, they, they usually have that title. So I just... <laughs> well, and, and the thing about it, um, Pastor Neil, is that I think if we as women could just do... And, and this is the way God dealt with me. Before uh, I was even commissioned as an apostle, I was already doing the work of an apostle. I was just... My heart was serve God. Just serve God. Do the work. And that's what I was doing. So before I knew it, I was beginning, you know, God was beginning to have me to mentor and, and mother people, and I was going to assist different churches. And then there were churches who said, well, we want you to come and help us. We want you to oversee the church. And, and there were things like that that began to take place. So I had begun to move into that dimension of ministry before I even realized it because I was simply serving God, which is what a, a lot of what you see in the scriptures is, you know, females just doing the work. And then uh, my my spiritual father came along and said, okay, it's time for you to move to another realm of ministry and, and do what you do. And so that's where the commissioning, the official commissioning came for me to go and do the work. And so I think if some of us can just do the work and not so get caught up, because that, the enemy, I'm convinced, has used that particular thing, the titles and folks grasping at that, and has caused people to lose focus of the main thing, which is getting the work done. I don't right. care, I, you know, and that's what I tell people. I don't care whether you call me that or not. I just know the call that's on my life, and I'm going to I'll, do the work whether you call me apostle or not. Okay, I, I got to break in. I got about a minute here, and okay. um, this in this minute, I I want you uh, again to tell a little bit more about you know your ministry, how people can get in touch with you if they want to uh, delve deeper into this conversation, this dialogue. I'm all about again about empowering and dialogue. I, I intentionally right. didn't want to craft right. this this uh, interview from a uh, nev- negativistic uh, perspective. I wanted to make sure that it was in, informing for. For a person like me, um, and I'm I'm excited because we're going to be able to host you <laughs> at my yeah. church. Yeah. So, uh, so tell people about the ministry. Tell people about that event that we're hosting so they can come. Now, <laughs> uh, you got about a minute. Go ahead and do that if you don't mind. Yes, I just I thank you for allowing me to be on Pastor Neil on May 18th and 19th. That we will be hosting a gathering of the sons and daughters of God at Pastor Neil's church, which is New Bethel AME Church here in Jackson. So we want you all to to, to really participate in that. Um, also, if anyone uh, uh, likes to get in touch with me, you can, of course, contact me on Facebook, or uh, you can email me directly at ApostleAdrian at gmail.com. But I do um, oversee United Nations International Ministries, which is a small itinerant traveling ministry. Uh, and then um, I also oversee the School of the Prophets, which is a uh, ministry that does uh, cater and, and give resources to those interested in apostolic and prophetic ministry. Awesome, and uh, I'm, I'm I I do subscribe to the uh, School of the Prophets, and every time I read it, I find some interesting things, you know. And I'm the type where I read, you know, I go back just because I'm the scholarly, scholarly nerdy type, you know. And, and I think that's good for the body of Christ that you know folk like me in here. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I, I do, those of you who are listening, if you go to School of Prophets, uh, com, you, you'll find some interesting articles. Uh, you know, some are very informational. Uh, you know, some I just I don't quite understand, but I still read. Uh, and I, I thank you for that great resource for others, for persons like myself. And I do appreciate you for being on the show. And, Absolutely. And uh, it's been a very enlightening and informative show for me, and I hope for my listeners it's been enlightening also. Now, uh, those who are listening for the first time, we're also on every week, every Wednesday, and um, you can catch us, archive shows, and go back and listen on uh, blogtalkradio.com slash zero today. And tune in, listen again. Next week we're going to be talking about preaching fallacies. And uh, it'll be an interesting thing. So uh, thank you, Apostle Williams. Thank you, all my listeners. We're glad that you are here. And for always keep God at the top of your life. 
and give him praise and honor. We thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Okay.